You're listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Detroit Red Wings are pleased to select from the Chilliwack Chiefs of the BC Hockey League, Dennis Chilowski. Detroit Red Wings select from Halifax of the Canadian Hockey League, Philip Zadina. Detroit Red Wings are proud to select from Drummondville, Joe Valeno. Through the middle, he's got the legs pumping. Good. Here comes Athanasiu, drags it back. Oh, Wait, oh, oh, yes, yes. And he'll get it! Beauty! By Andreas! Lark! Larkin's away! Play onside! Pesca! Welcome back to Spinning the Wheels here on Sports Radio Detroit. I'm Jason Pinkham, and I'm here today, as always, with goalie man Justin Freebairn and Lauren Allred. And we're here today to discuss yet another surprising two weeks of Detroit Red Wings hockey. Before we get started, Lauren, how are you? Good. Can we come up with a nickname for me? Because <laughs> now that they're showing, we got to we we come up with one. <laughs> we got to we got to come up. With All right, one. Justin, we got to brainstorm before the next episode and come up with a new nickname for. Her. I, I don't know why, why though. What is that stem? What is it stemming from? You're goalie man. Is what do you mean why? Yeah, that's been that's but that's been like my thing for years. It's not like that's we true. just came up with it for this show. Yeah, but now we need to though, because she was inside scoop, but she's not inside scoop anymore. Because mm-hmm. she doesn't have the inside why scoop. Why not? She's not the inside scoop. <laughs> yeah, she's. Oh yeah, she didn't I make forgot, the transition yeah. from the Joe to the Little Caesars Arena. I did, and it was just very. Oh, you did? I actually I, didn't know that. Yeah, I did. And I went to like work one event and it was just super, super political. And it, there was a lot of things that had changed. I won't I won't throw anybody under the bus or the organization, but it changed a lot. Can you talk about your experience without throwing them under the bus real quick? Just before, because this would be a good thing to touch up on before I ask Justin and he says I'm fine. <laughs> um, at the Joe, it was really fun. Mm-hmm. And with I worked with like a really, really good group of people and we had a great time and it was like, very much a team, a cohesive team, and we all kind of helped each other out, and everybody like knew everybody. And then when we transitioned to Little Caesars, like they created a lot more positions. There were a lot more people. It was a lot more uptight. It wasn't as fun. It like it just it became like it, it wasn't fun anymore. Like wedding crashers, lock it up. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So you mean it became like a job? No, no, because it was a job before. We did a lot of work before, kinda but funny yeah, kind of funny. <laughs> I, I, I half laughed, but um, it just it was a lot more uptight and serious, and it wasn't as much like helping people. It was a I lot of a lot of nitpickiness. And Justin, how was how goalie man? How was your last two weeks? Um, uh, it, I, I mean, I've been working a lot, but uh, when I've, when I've been able to catch these games, I'm just like, okay, just stop, stop winning, <laughs> just stop winning. Is that, like, is that your full born reaction? Like, you just you you have no, there's no response elicited from a, like a comeback win because they've had all these down two comeback wins. Um, I can tell you that this is not a sustain a sustainable model for winning long term. It's a cute little run that they're in. Um, but all these comebacks, I mean, if you keep, if you keep doing what you're doing, it's not, I mean, it's, I mean, it's going to end exactly the way we thought it was going to. It's like I said, it's been a cute run. They're scoring a lot of third period goals. They're, they're, they're making a lot of comebacks, but, uh, 
I don't, it, it again, it's not sustainable relying on your team to score two, three goals in the third period in overtime every game. No, it's kind of like the, and it's been almost every game. Kind of like the Lions in the late 2000s where it was like, oh, we got all these fourth quarter comebacks. They're a good team, but it's, it's not, doesn't mean you're a good team. It means you give up a lead and then you have to scramble and like, yeah, it's cool to be good in the scramble, but it's not necessarily indicative of a great team. I get what you're saying. Uh, that yeah. being said though, like I've kind of just genuinely enjoyed, like, I have to put my own, like, because every now and again I have to, like, reality check myself. Like, one of the things about this sport and one of the things that made me a fan initially is being in the moment. And uh, Friday, one of the things that, like, kind of helped me to reality check this was going to uh, Roger forgot a laptop cable. And they were doing uh, live play-by-play for Livoni Stevenson versus Brother Rice, first game of the year for them. So me having the same laptop, he was like, hey, can I borrow your cord? Come on up. You know, you can hang out, watch the game if you want. So I went up there, and watching a game with no context kind of reminded me what I love about this sport. Like, you're just you're just watching players try to do the best they can in a given moment. And, like, you're not thinking about what does this mean in the long term? Who are we going to get later on? How are we going to develop? You're not trying to, like break down every single thing you're just watching a sport and I've tried to apply that to watching games so when I woke up Saturday to watch a game at you know one o'clock you know in uh, like to me one in the morning but it's one in the afternoon you know I go into it just like oh I can just like enjoy this a little bit like even if even if in my head I know like long term this isn't the best thing I'd prefer it not to be it um I'd prefer it not to be I prefer the team to not win this much. And I know that this, you know, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes for the listener, hurts us in some way, shape or form. I can still enjoy him in the moment. And I'm yeah. trying more and more to do that because it's like these are some this is it's these are not people. garbage. <laughs> well, it's, it's not garbage hockey. Like yeah. That was my fear going into this year was like I came to terms with the fact that they were going to be bad. We, You know, me and Justin and Steve, we've all talked about it. You and I have talked about it many times. You know, we came to terms with the fact they're bad. Last last season was my, and Justin too to some extent, was our kicking and uh, screaming season where it's like, no, this sucks and we need to suck more. And this season I was going into it like, okay, you know, you're going to suck and it's okay. But like, it's not, they're not just winning because they're playing bad teams, which I agree with your theory a little bit, but they're winning because they're capitalizing on bad teams. And they have probably the best power play I've seen them have in like a decade. Like, that's just an inarguable fact. Like, you at least have to admit that, right? Talking to you. <laughs> I mean... Because I know you agree with me, so... Mm-hmm. I just... I don't like it. I mean, I don't... I, I, I've, I've, Like I said, we all came in... Like you just said, we all came in expecting to lose, and now they're winning. And this is a draft where there's a generational talent available, and you're screwing it up. Because the team, as constructed, is not good enough to compete regularly now if they keep playing the way they're playing and they clean up the uh the lazy starts uh and they continue to win game more games than they should they could they i mean they could potentially fight for a playoff spot but i don't think that long term i don't think that that's going to happen i think they'll fall short but i don't think they're as bad as they were to start the season, if that makes it sense. It does, and that's uh, kind of why we want to go to Lauren a little bit, because we have a couple players we can start by talking about. Uh, actually, specifically three players, because these are three players that we have dogged on at different times throughout the year. 
whether it be through uh, their physical activity on the ice in the case of Anthony CU, their almost invisibility in the case of Mantha, and their questionable use in the case of Glenn Denning. All three are performing now better than they have at any point in the season. And, you know, what have you seen that they – what about their game has improved to the point where they're putting up the numbers they're putting up, in your opinion? Well – I, I think I texted you like last week, Mantha must have listened to the podcast because I don't know what he was doing. Like he was going out there and he just seemed like very dialed in. Mm-hmm. Like he was ready to play. Um, he, he, I don't know if he just got some, talked to somebody who helped him or got some bad thoughts out of his head. I don't know what he did, but he came like ready to play. Kind of like you guys said, yeah, we, we were playing, you know, not the greatest teams. It was a stretch of very favorable hockey, but um, they just looked dialed in. I like how Mantha played. I, I like that he was creating opportunities and he was capitalizing on those opportunities. And I think overall, they're just having fun. Like the guys are having fun. I, I know that if we, you know, there's a potentially generational talent in this draft, but I would not want to compromise all of our youth's development on on losing because when you're winning and you're having fun, guys do better. I mean, I mean, look at this; those three guys that you mentioned, they're playing great because I think they're all having fun. Okay, I remember now. Uh, you know, you met, you messaged me last night. You're like, "Why didn't you message?" I remember why I didn't answer that. Oh, you you remember? Because oh, the good. reason I didn't answer was because my response to Mantha must have heard us is. No, this is just what he does. I'll agree with you on Athanasiu and Glenn Denning. Glenn Denning mm-hmm. seems to have like, I mean, he's not playing otherworldly, but it seems like there was like a, almost like that blanket they put on you when you get an x-ray at the dentist was kind of just hovering over him. Yeah. And now that seems to be gone. So yeah. he does seem to be a little more relaxed. And Athanasiu is on a different plane, but he does this too. Where he it's does like, it too, yeah. They both have, both Athanasiu and Mantha have these streaks where it's like, they're otherworldly. They're gods. They're great. They're they're phenomenal. Athens C last night or yesterday during the day was literally everywhere on almost every yeah. play. That guy was involved. Yeah, he, every offensive quite a, quite a few. I saw him down down yeah. ready to make plays, taking shots. And I and I think honestly it boils down to. I mean I'm sure part of it is they, you know when they do bad they kick themselves or they get discouraged. But they're like I'm watching this team have fun. But my point is though is that Mantha Mantha more than Athens C U, this just is him. I think this will be his career as a guy who, you know, shows up, pots 12 goals in 10 games, and we're like, oh, my God, this yeah. guy's the greatest goalie ever, or goal but scorer ever, if that's, and then he disappears for 30. But if that's how he's going to be, he can't be a minus 10. That part I agree with. He has <laughs> if been he's plus going three to be, over the last two weeks. If he's going to be streaky, he has to not be a liability when he's in that off time. Justin, where do you stand on all this? We're throwing a lot of information at you, I know. Um, I think, I, I think you guys are dead wrong about, uh, about Netflix to see you. I think he has been fired the entire, this entire season early on. He was snake bitten, but he was still producing those chances. He was still producing at a high level as far as, uh, his, his willingness to take the puck to the net and his willingness to make the play. He just wasn't getting the he wasn't getting the production, and now he leads your team in the past, well, five games for him, but he leads the team in points since we last recorded. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, he's uh, – <coughs> excuse me. He is – yeah, he's been, he's been really good and really – I mean, this is the player that 
we all imagined, um, you know, ever since we saw his blinding speed the past few years and his inconsistencies, this is the player we thought he could become. And I think he's finally doing it. I mean, I know it's a small sample size, but uh, it's, it, yeah, it's it, it's coming to fruition. And I, I do agree with, the, with your Mantha thoughts. I mean, I don't really care about the plus minus so much, um, at least in the past few weeks. I've seen him make a lot more defensive plays or at least be more put up put putting forth more effort in the defensive zone than in years past or you know during the the rough stretch in the beginning but I think that uh he's yeah he's definitely uh Franz in version 2.0 I'm going to agree with you on the Athens CU part when I said the deficiencies, I meant literally he used to fall a lot on the ice, literally the earlier this season. That's all I meant. Uh, but as far as the Mantha thing goes, I actually have to disagree with you on his defensive performances over the last two weeks. I With Mantha, I don't see him unless he's trying to score. And that's frustrating to me because this is a guy who has a big body and he's often out of position in the defensive end. He's chasing or he's like lazily positioned. You know, he's playing like zone coverage, but just using the fact that he's huge to do so. And I don't like it. I mean, I don't like this side of his game, but I can't, because I can't defend it, at least by my side. I disagree how, with you. How? I disagree with you, by the way. He's plus three that doesn't mean anything. in the past week. That's They've six also games. won every game by and two, a goal or two. You must not be, Who cares? you must not be watching, you must not be I've watching the same thing that I'm watching game. because I've single, I have single-handedly in the past two weeks watched him disrupt three or four at least high-quality scoring chances with getting his stick back, back-checking, and making good defensive plays. But, I mean, you can go ahead but and argue that, but I, you're just not watching the same game that I'm watching. But where he's at in his career, he should be doing that every single game, potentially multiple times per game, not three or four times in a six-game stretch. He should be doing that more frequently, like... The, 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 the amount, so he's done that, you know, three or four times in the last six games. He should be doing that a lot more. Okay, I'm not here to argue that he should be doing that more. I'm just saying that it's, we as fans, we generally don't watch the defensive side of hockey as closely as we do the offensive side. So when he's not making a spectacular play like that, it's harder to notice. I'm just saying that I've noticed what what I have noticed has been the spectacular efforts. They're, the regular efforts have probably been there more than you would like to see because I don't see, I don't pay attention to regular defensive efforts unless there's a guy that, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I just think, I just think, I, I just have a different view about it than you guys, I guess. That's fair. I, I just, I, I, I'm actually more observant my my what what keys me into a game is literally three exact three specific situations defensive zone other team controls power play you control and shorthanded other team controls other than that i'm mostly just kind of on my phone like i don't really care about offensive opportunities because that's not something that i can comment on because that's really just a matter of skill at that point like i'm just analyzing how good a player is or how good a coach is but when i watch like defensive zone other team controls i want to see you know, I want to see people who don't give up. And what I'm seeing right now is like the 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 bar on this team right now, in my personal opinion, is Dylan Larkin. Like in terms of offensive players playing in their own zone and who are literally never going to ever beeping give up 
because mm-hmm. that dude is on every puck he can possibly be on the second it crosses his own zone. He's literally Iserman 92. Like, he's everywhere in his defensive end. And when I compare that to Mantha, who, yes, he has had some stick save moments, and that's great. You lifted a stick and you stopped a one-timer or, you know, you stopped a shot on net and stuff like that. That's cool. I'm not arguing that. But it's the it's the every every period plays where he's just, you know, he's he's just he angles lazily to me. That's just the way it looks to me. But that's just my opinion on it. We've gotten way off track, but I do want your opinion on this because we've kind of been ranting at each other. for. I a know. While. So, this is different. Yeah. I kind of want your opinion on this. <laughs> Change the scenery for me. <laughs> I just kind of sitting back. Um, I, I, I agree with both of you. Um, I, I agree with Justin in the sense that, yeah, he's right. I don't pay as much attention to Mantha or um, in the defensive zone what, what they're doing. But I also agree with you as well. So I, I, I'm kind of I'm kind of torn on the subject. I just I don't want somebody who's not consistently good to be a defensive liability. Dylan Larkin, he could be a defensive liability because he scores, because he he generates opportunities. Um, so I'm okay with if it were somebody like that, but he just he's very streaky, and I'm just afraid that. He's going to get paid a ton of money and do like Abdulkader did and just kind of sit back and, and relax. And Fortunately, he doesn't have Datsuk to pump those numbers up, though. And that that's what really worries me is just like getting in a cycle of turning into a team that you reward mediocre players. You, you continue to reward mediocre players, I should say. That's a concern for me. That's because that's 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 the conundrum that comes with this last two weeks. Like. You love it if you're a fan of just the Red Wings, which mm-hmm. I am. It's fun to watch. But also, if they keep performing well, Justin's actually more right than I think we're both giving him credit for. Because if we they continue to perform at a level that maybe ekes them into the playoffs or maybe puts them like, say at the end of the season, they're like five points out or seven points out, like within reach. Because that's to me, that, that mm-hmm. to them will be within reach. That's yeah. marketably within reach. It's not actually within reach, but it's marketably within reach because they can say it on the thing. Well, you, you know, you, you Paul Woods. Well, you know, you can't just, uh, you know, re uh, build a team with uh, one draft. You know, yeah, right. Tell that to the anyways. The point is, is if we get to the end of this season, they're seven points out of the playoffs. Now they're number not, number one. They're almost guaranteed to knock the number one pick. So bye bye Hughes. Number two, they will have performed the, the uh, Nyquist and Tatar. So we'll be right back where we started. And then number three, we'll know going into the next season that we don't have a guy that we can bank on for 80, 90 points a year. We don't have a guy to build around. Because I don't, I, as much as I love Larkin and Athens to see you, neither one of them is a build around. They are the build around. They are not the people you can build around. They're the people you build around the guy you're waiting to get. And that truly scares me as much as I love the winning. But, but we're not going to get to that point. Like realistically, we would have to leapfrog half of the league. <laughs> well, right now we're six points out of the playoffs. We're we're six points. That's all they'll market it as. They yep, don't care about how many spots. But but that's not. That's no, not gonna, We're not you. even a quarter of the way through the season. We haven't even made it to U.S. Thanksgiving. I've already so heard it. It's I've not, already heard it on the radio broadcast. They're like, oh, you know, this team's just six points out. Yeah, but that's 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 media being media. That's media needing to talk about something. That's not reality, and that's not like who, the. Who, let me ask you something, Lauren. Who feeds those? Who feeds those those broadcasters? 
I don't care. They are under the Red they, Wings employ. I get that, but that they but are just Ken because Holland's they puppets. say something, just because they say something doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen on the ice. No, I'm I'm not making that. I'm not arguing that point. I'm I'm making the point that if the broadcasters are saying it, it means the the franchise believes it. Okay, but and that but, means the franchise will draft that way. But not if they not if what happens on the ice happens on the ice. So this we all have agreed that this was a very favorable stretch. That's this true. is not going to be kept up. We get into Tampa Bay. We get into Washington. We get into the 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 nitty gritty of the season. It's not going to happen. We're not going to get those overtime victories or the Franz Nielsen beautiful in a shootout. Good teams like Buffalo. We're playing. Get, get, get out of here. But but what I'm saying is like this was a stretch of six good games because we were playing poor teams. And we had to come back and all just like yeah. throw throw the media out of it because I, I get what you're saying. Like the media says it, the fans believe it, the franchise believes it. The and oh God, we it. don't need to That's my belief. We don't need to draft as well. Like we're not going to be in a position that is going to screw up our drafting. We are not going to be this good for the rest of the season. It's just not going to happen. Now that part I agree with you on. Uh let's 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 move on because we can go in circles on this all day. <laughs> uh Move on to, wow, unfortunately the next topic is this. So actually let's just stick in it a little bit because then you have one more topic that we'll close off with and we're only about halfway through. Um, to further push my point just a little bit, I'm not trying to harp it, but I just wanted to clarify what my what I'm trying to say <laughs> because I'm not arguing, because what you're saying is right. <clears throat> I, I don't care what the fans believe. I don't care what the radio says so much as what I – and. and and Justin, I'm kind of getting this from what you and I have talked about in the past. So this is sort of a hybrid of our opinions over the last few years. But what he said was 100% true. They are fed by the the, the franchise itself. Like, yeah. So the message is being controlled by the franchise, meaning the franchise itself believes that that's my fear, is that we keep winning, which we won't, obviously. But, but if we win enough to be at the end of the season, I'll put a cap at it. If we're within 10 points of the postseason – that will be enough for them to sell this turd. And that's what that's the part that scares me. That's where I like my fear starts to like tip the scale from positivity a little bit where I start going like, oh, maybe I do want to see more losses. You know what I, I, mean? I, I can see that, but just because if you're ten points of the postseason, that doesn't mean that you finish well in the standings. That's not what I'm arguing. No, though that's 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 you're just saying like, the truth. I just no, I, I just feel you. like you're like correlating like there's their number of points to who they draft. I'm saying that's what they do. I'm. I don't think that personally. I'm saying that's what. That's the way that they do it every year. That they like that they because every market. year we've been like with. Well, yeah, of course they're going to market it. No team but wants market, to market losing. But they have to draft based on their philosophy. And if their philosophy is we're that close to a playoff spot, it's not. We need to rebuild. I think that you there's know what I'm a yeah. No, I get what you're saying, but I think that part of it is they're portraying something different to the fans than what they actually believe. Justin, where do you stand on this? Because we're at a crossroads. And we've also been talking for eight minutes uninterrupted without you. Right. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> it hasn't been that long. You chimed in a little bit. <laughs> I agree with you, uh, with you, Jason, because I, I think if they're marketing playoffs and they're really thinking that this team is a couple pieces shy of the playoffs, not the cup, then they're going to, they are going to draft differently and... I just, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I don't agree 
with what I, I don't like. I'm sorry. I don't like all the winning that's happening because this team needs to stay in this rebuild. Now, um, I don't know. You know, I don't know what exactly you got planned over there, Jason, but I think what needs to happen is they need to stop getting great goaltending because that's what's really kept them in this uh, this recent all these recent games here. And the benefit of knowing somebody for 22 years, you just segued without knowing you segued. Oh, no, I did that on purpose. But um, go ahead. Take it away. Well, no, I I actually was going to let you. I just wanted to compliment you on your psychic abilities. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, uh, the goaltending has really been what's kept this team in these games. I mean, if you if we're being fair, we've watched this team be outplayed the for the past you know almost ten games, outplayed for the first period, two periods, and probably most of the third periods until they you know they pull their heads out of their rear ends and decide they want to play in the third. So uh, Jimmy Howard and Steve Bernier are just. Jonathan. Jonathan Bernier. John, whatever. Why did I say Steve? I don't know. I, don't know. I think you missed Steve. I'll tell him. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, so Howard and Bernier are just absolutely tearing it up right now. And it's just, I mean, it's it's good to see because as a fan, I like watching winning hockey. And I'm actually almost back at the point to where I'm mad when they're not winning or mad when they're missing. You know, like the other day, they hit like three posts and I was like, come on, just score already. But like. You know, that's just my inner fan. I as a, a, a the true passion here. You know, you want to see them see this rebuild through because, as you alluded to a little bit or a little bit ago, I wanted to kind of argue with it a little bit. Larkin is a great piece to build around, and he's not. He's almost there, but he's not Iserman. He's no. not the guy you build your team around, like you said. But he's close. He's like, he's like one B player, not one A. So. I mean, I agree they 100%. need they do need at least one one A player to complete this rebuild and complete this turnaround. I mean, so so back so, yeah. to the goalies. So back to the goalies. I'm sorry, these guys are playing otherworldly right now. And uh, well, let's be fair. Howard's going to get injured, and then I don't know what's going to happen with <laughs> I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with Bernier. But uh, he's been uh, he's been pretty lights out too. So uh, I'd like I, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the goaltending and what what's going to happen with the goaltending here in the next month or so. Uh, well, for starters, I, I agree with you. Go ahead, Lauren. Though you started, I think Bernier is playing phenomenal. Um, I think I read off a stat that in the la- his last two starts. He faced 92 shots on goal and only allowed five goals, which is phenomenal. That's two and a half goals against the <laughs> average. Love every Red Wings fan. Anyways, go on. Because um, the the one I the one game I don't remember which one it was, but you and I were texting. There was like 50 some shots on goal. It was just it was absolutely ridiculous, and he was phenomenal. Um, I I and don't... he still didn't earn the next start. That annoyed me the most. Continue. Um, I don't know where I was going with that. You were talking about how Bernier is facing a lot of shots. and <laughs> Yeah, he's facing buttons. a ton of shots, and he's doing great, and he's giving the team a chance to win. What's and your stance on that? Like, Okay, this is this be a fun little topic to dive into for a little bit because this has happened all of our lives. The Red Wings starter goalie, starting goalie, has always been good enough to make, keep the job. 
but the backup always puts up ridiculous numbers until they become the starter, and then the backup puts ridiculous numbers until they become the starter, and then the backup puts ridiculous numbers until they become the starter. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, this is a weird cycle we're stuck in. I don't understand it. I, it doesn't bother me, though. It doesn't? I like... It's, it's, I it's, like, it's the second most maddening thing about this team to me. Besides I like the their inability to start, which they've never been able to start. Other than OG. Yeah, they always show up a little late. Yeah, they always show up late. But I hate the, I hate the goalie competition. It's been this way since, like, 95. Like it doesn't Mike Vernon me. wasn't the starter when he became the starter in the playoffs. Chris Osgood wasn't the starter when he became the starter in the mm-hmm. playoffs. The cup winning goalie in every one of those cup winners, other than O two, was not the starter. Was that Hashik? That was Hashik because Hashik was Hashik. But other than that, the, a different goalie started every playoff run, and this happens every every season since. We you know we had uh, Legacy and uh, oh who was the other one with Cujo. Him? Yeah, Legacy Cujo for a while. Uh, we had, and then Legacy takes over, and then uh, I think Osgood comes back at that point. Like, and then Hashik comes back, and then Legacy's just gone. And then Hashik leaves, and then you have Osgood and Jimmy. Jimmy pushes Ozzy out, and, and that one was more because of age. And then we have Peter and Jimmy for forever. What feels like literally forever. Way too long to have Peter, but. Didn't, like, didn't Ozzy take over for Hashik in 08? Yeah, that's what yeah. I said. Every oh, okay, every sorry. cup, every cup winning 96, 97, 98, uh the goalie who won the cup was not the goalie who started the playoffs. I think maybe 98 was Ozzy all the way through now that I'm thinking about it. So 96 and 08 was a uh, switch. I I'm but fine the point with remains, it. Yeah. How are you fine? It doesn't with that? it doesn't bother me. I like I like the competition because it 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 gives that I kind of put goalies in like a different category. What category? Um like I kind of I don't lump them in with all the skaters, you okay. know. They're kind of in their own little world. And, what does and that mean to you? I I'm okay with the competition between the two of them because <sighs> that means that they can't sit back and get comfortable like Morazic did, and then just stink. Like okay. Morazic got he got paid, and he was like, "I'm phenomenal. I should get paid more," and he didn't perform. So I like the the competition because it doesn't allow one goalie to just sit back and relax. Counterpoint, it, champions don't have co- competition. I disagree with that. Name the last four cup winners. They all have starting goalies. I, I, I'm i not, this is, this is I just started going spinning the wheels. Head. Yeah. This is not pucking around. Know, so we're not well, going to like about delve that into that. Though, because that's been, I think that's one of our lingering problems as a team. And I think that's something that we can uh, add into this rebuild. Because besides getting a lead, like a great score, I think we need to like start getting people who can scout goalies because we clearly can't find that this team I, like look the fact that Ozzy's a hall of fame is a debate and this team has never been able to find a great goalie they never have jimmy's not a great goalie period he's a good goalie he's not great he, it, even with a great team in front of him he's not a cup winner so this team can't find great goalies they've never been able to find great goalies they just find two good guys yeah and that doesn't I think mean with anything goal, i think with goaltending though like it it's more difficult because they can take so long to like come into their own and actually mature and Agreed. be a good goaltender. So you can have six years invested in somebody before you find out that they're not what they were supposed to be, or they pulled their groin one too many times, you know, doing Terry the Bryce. butterfly or skating from post to post. Like that's why I kind of lump it into a different category because they play the entire game. They, their job can vary so much. You know, they can face 15 shots on goal one night and then they can face 52 the next night. It's, it's just, 
that's why the competition doesn't bother me. I don't mind the competitiveness and the back and forth between goalies because I don't want, I would rather have two mediocre goaltenders than one really, really good goaltender and one like crappy backup goaltender. Okay. I'm going to say that I will not argue your point as long as this team is bad. But if and when we turn the corner and we're still doing this show three, four years down the line, if we don't have a goalie to bank on, that's going to be a problem. Fair. Because, again, see the last four cup winners. They all have bankable, guaranteed goalies with backups. You know, And then the pe- the teams that are contenders around that also have the same thing. Toronto has, uh, now I'm blanking on his name, Anderson. Uh, Tampa has uh, Vasilevsky. Although Vasilevsky's he's injured, right injured. I know, but the point is they have Vasilevsky. But who's their backup? Uh, and is he any good? That's Probably the problem. Probably they... they Tampa churns out goalies. Like, Ben Bishop was an all-star caliber goalie, then they just let him go. Like, I don't like Ben Bishop, but he's still an all-star caliber goalie, and I would put him ahead above Jimmy Howard in his Well, I'd put him above Jimmy Howard as well. And but... Vasilevsky's three heads above Jimmy Howard. And then, you you know, you look at uh, Pittsburgh has Matt Murray. Washington has Braden Holpe. Like, these teams, Nashville, Pekka Rene, like, these teams that are perennial contenders every year mm-hmm. have a guy they know they can count on. Like Montreal is For a garbage sure. team that is getting by on the fact that Carey Price is in that. Well, yeah, I mean, so, he makes $11 million a year. I <laughs> hope he's in that. But for me, that is, and Justin, I'm sorry, I don't have been kind of prattling on, but I really do want your opinion on this because for me, that is, it has always been my biggest problem in my fandom with this team is that we do not have and have never had, even in our prime winning the league in the world, we never had a, like a, Great goalie, except for that one stretch where we had Hashik, and that doesn't count because we didn't farm him. We found him. Uh, does that bother you, Justin? Like, what's your stance on this during the downtimes? What's your stance on it during the rebuild? Do you prefer to have like, you know, a pack of Rene Carey Price figure, or do you do you not care? Oh, during yeah, during the rebuild. I mean, I don't, I don't mind the current setup, but. I think you're right. During during uh, times where you're going to compete year in year out, you need to have a uh, you need you almost need to have an like a, an elite goalie, but you can succeed with a very good goalie as you've seen the Red Wings do in the past Chris with Osgood. with Osgood and and Vernon. even Vernon. Um, but this if this continues, okay. They're not going to trade Howard and they're going to re-sign him. That's my concern. And that, well, that's exactly what I wanted. I wanted to just point that out because I want Howard gone. Not because I don't like him, not because he's not a great guy and he has served the organization well. But uh, I think there's a team down there in Tampa that could use him for the rest of the way. Um, I think there's a couple teams like Carolina who's head and shoulders better than the Red Wings who could also use a goalie with some consistency. Um, I, I just, there's, there's a lot of options that the Red Wings have, but because I hate Ken Holland and he's an idiot, he's not going to trade him and he's going to resign him because they're playing well right now. And it's only a matter of time before Jimmy Howard, like he does every year, Pulls his groin and he's out for a month or two and then he comes back and then he sucks. I just hope they don't reward. I just hope if they sign him, it's not for any extended period of time or an exorbitant amount of money like he makes now. I mean, five million's fair because he's not carry price, but moving forward, he's getting older. I'd like to see that number closer to two or three if they resign him. But that's like I said, would rather not see that. Yeah, same boat. 
And that's that to me, like, and that's why I wasn't trying to undercut your point. But that to me is what I don't like about the competition is like Bernier. I'm perfectly happy with for three years at three million. He's he's exactly what this team needs. Like literally, you couldn't pick a better goalie in the league to be exactly that role. Like if you had mm-hmm. given me the choice of any name to be the guy who's a backup, it's John Bernier because he's totally okay with it. Like he's he's mm-hmm. been in his whole career, despite having really good numbers. By the way, if you ever want to have a fun time, go on HockeyDB and look up his numbers. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, but he seems to be perfectly content with that, and he can make a living doing it. So that's perfect. But. Going forward, turning the page with this team, they need to start being able to like. I don't, I'm not saying they need to find a Carey Price in the next two years, but I need to know that they could. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. right now, I yep. don't think they can because they haven't changed their staff. This is the same people picking this team that have been picking well, this team for 20 years. When Steve Eiserman <laughs> smooths his way in here, when, when, life will be good. In two weeks, if, we're, if we don't have, if this team maintains status quo or 500, that's going to be a topic. Because right now with this team winning, we can't make it a topic because they're winning. And we're also at 40 minutes somehow. <laughs> but if this team gets to a point where we start having to fill time, we are going to have to address that topic. Mm-hmm. Because we he is on the opposite side, or I'm on the opposite side of you. I don't know where he stands on it. And I know you that you're You both are always on the opposite side of me. So, I mean, come on. <laughs> no, I've been agreeing with you on a lot of these. I, just, I mean, I think Jonathan Bernier is perfect. But let's get into some predictions because I don't want to sit here and talk about this team a whole lot more. Uh, and we have a weird, weird game on Friday. Good, okay. Well, because it's they always do that day after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Black Friday game. Okay, so which I'm uh, super Wednesday, pumped for. We have no games Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday this week. Wednesday the twenty first, we are home against Boston at seven thirty p.m. I'm calling that a straight up loss right now. Oh yeah, that is a loss in regulation by two to three goals, easy. Probably four, probably like a five to one dropping is my prediction because yeah. Boston's that good. Okay, they have the best line in all of hockey right now. I don't agree with you. Yeah, they are. Why? They've already they've already done it to the Red Wings, so the Red Wings are going to be mad about it. So I see it being a closer game, albeit a still a loss. Yeah, I don't see it. Yeah, I yeah, don't I'm see it call being it a five, five, four or five to one. Okay. And actually, by the way, if you want to go revisit my predictions so far this season, I've been like ninety percent right. Oh, look at you! Yeah, no, I mean not even like calling. The Congratulations. Games, like, there was a, there was an Ottawa game like a month ago. I called yeah. the score. Yeah. Like wow. I called the score wow. like eight days out. Look it was at ridiculous. you! Look at you! <laughs> yeah. Self high five. Hold on. Anyways, uh, Friday in Washington at four p.m. I'm actually gonna say that's a loss in overtime. Maybe even a shootout loss. Because Washington, for some reason, just doesn't play Detroit good. I don't know why. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to say, and we'll go around, by the way, for predictions. So I got him at 1-0-1. One, oh, one. Uh, nope, 0-1-1. Oh, one one. Home against Buffalo at 7 p.m. on Saturday the 24th. I'm going to say that's a loss, too, probably in overtime. 0-1-2. Oh, Give me that Jack Eichel. Home against Columbus on the 26th, Monday the 26th at 7.30 p.m. That's a win. Probably like... Three to two in overtime, uh, so one one and two. Uh, home against St. Louis on Wednesday the twenty eighth at seven p.m. I'm gonna say that's probably a loss, honestly, in regulation. So one two and two. Flash forward my page to December because I'm assuming there's two more games before we record at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saturday the first of December at Boston at seven p.m. Again, I'm gonna say it, another big loss. Uh, one three and two. And then home on Sunday the second against Colorado at seven p.m. <sighs> Probably a loss. Uh, I'm going to say in overtime. So one, three, and three is my prediction. Lauren. Okay, Boston loss. I'm going to say Washington's a win because we're on the road, 
after the day after Thanksgiving. So I think we're going to be more ready for that than Washington will be. Uh, Buffalo, we're winning because I can't stand Buffalo. That's the only reason why. Um, Columbus, I'm going to say we're going to lose. St. Louis, we're going to lose. That Boston one, I really don't want to say we're going to lose, but I think we're going to lose in overtime. Um, and then Colorado, I think we're going to win. So you're 3-3-1. Three, three and one. Justin. Uh, I I agreed with you. Uh, Boston loss, Capitals loss, Sabers that could be probably an overtime loss. Uh, I think they can beat Columbus because um, this team. Basically, my point here is I don't think this team is capable of beating good teams. So, uh, St. Louis, I'll give it an overtime win there. Another loss to Boston, and then. An OTL to the Avalanche. So you are two, three, and two. Wow, two, that's three wildly different yeah. predictions. By the way, that's the first time this happened all season. Uh, anybody want to add anything to the show before I wrap us up? That's a rousing loud, loud, loud no. No. Uh, if you guys enjoyed our show, I ask as I do every week: go on iTunes, go on Spotify, search us. We are SRD Hockey. This show is spinning the wheels. We release every other week. Again, in conjunction with our sister show plucking around which releases on alternate weeks if you're not into itunes you can check us out on TuneIn, stitcher podbean facebook and spotify you can follow the brand on twitter at sports radio det this show although it doesn't really tweet that much at stw underscore srd you could follow me on twitter at jm pinkham you could follow lauren on twitter at red wings lauren and you can follow justin on twitter at goalie man srd check out our website at sportsradiodetroit.com thank you and we'll see you guys in two weeks have a good thanksgiving This has been an SRD production.